Hi, and welcome once again to What's the Damage, companion show to the incredibly well-known and popular Real Play D&D show, Roll for Damage. Yes, this is the show that everyone has been talking about. So on Friday, our heroes recover from their harrowing experience at the Ruins of Darkness, an adventure for a lifetime, which saw them coming face to face with Thari's Dune then coming face to face with their dead friend, then fleeing um, when preventing the breaking of the shackle proved to be too much for them and Lex. Um, they, they had to leave, it was all falling apart, it was crazy. Had to get, had to run for it. Um, anyway, back in town and back in Oriana's, they drank and licked their wounds uh, while Lex and pals did the same somewhere else in town. Um, kind of talking to each other like trying to process what had happened then um Oriana got a puppy it was pretty cool Oriana decided um made a big decision about who she wants to be going forward as a spellcaster everybody was getting character growth you know as the world is falling down around their ears just like in real life that's what we're all doing in real life too good lord um the question hanging over our hero's heads is still what is next with only one shackle left and the clock ticking what is next questions we'll be pondering here today in just a minute also a note for all you beautiful viewers we're trying something a little bit different with our stream um today so please if you see frame drops or the sound gets all glitchy please uh leave us a note in the chat so we can try to fix that um it's, it's working okay so far but we want to keep an eye on it anyway as always stick around after the stream for links charities resources cool stuff i am your host truth vincent and this is what's the damage Welcome back, and please help me welcome our two guests for tonight. We have got Laura, who plays the undefeatable, uncrushable, wonderful Peregrine, resident Falcon. Um, then we've got Jake, who plays Oriana, our beautiful, brilliant, talented bard, who we all love and never gets us into trouble ever. Um, we never get mad at her, ever. Never. No, she is the darling the most... of every person she's ever met. Little just, Jewel. Just... Just the most likable character. I like Oriana. Lily White and innocent as the day she was born. Yeah, Lily White. <laughs> not not bright red at all. Anyway, um, 
Welcome, guys. Thank you for coming on. So you are all back from the ruins of darkness. You had a chance to really um, sit and let all the shit that happened there sink in. What is the damage? A lot. Mm-hmm. I feel like that's my answer every time, but really, been for, real for the shields, yeah. it is the damage is almost always a lot. Yeah. Yeah. The voice of a man who's seen a lot in this game. Anyway, um, so a lot did happen. And there are a couple of things that happened episode before last that I want to talk about with you guys because some shit happened. So mm-hmm. what was it like for your two characters to see your old pal Dobby? Because I remember, I think Oriana took his, um, his death especially hard, if I'm remembering that correctly, from way back when. So obviously a nasty shock yeah i mean oriana basically had just started opening up to him and trying to build up that friendship uh into something she really cherished and then like the next day he gets eaten by a worm um so for her i guess for making friends well and and for her especially it, it really was like a gut punch because Mm -hmm. she hadn't really considered him a friend before more of like the co-worker that you don't really like but you you Mm -hmm. you get along with well enough to get the job done and she had just realized how almost like selfish in a way that is that she's not trying to open up to him that she's not trying to give him a chance to open up to her and that was what she was trying to do, um, or at least was planning to do going forward. And then all of a sudden he's gone and it's like nothing, nothing to be done about it. Potential. Yeah. What about Peregrine? Like, I don't think she and Dobby were that close, but. Yeah. I mean, they had, they, there was, there was that moment where for whatever reason we decided to send Dobby and Perry to impersonate the butcher. Right. Oh my God. And like that will, I think forever be one of my favorite moments of the campaign because it was so absurd. We were the only ones who hadn't been seen. So like uh-huh. there was no choice, but the, the idea, well, we'll just send Perry the most awkward turtle in to pretend to be a crime boss. And now that we have met the butcher, it makes it so much more ridiculous. It was kind of working though. Like you guys, I remember this. I mean, we now. were we selling it. Yeah. Um, and like that moment was like the moment that Perry realized Dobby is a friend. Mm-hmm. We're never going to get along because morally we are different people, but that doesn't make us enemies. And she was really starting to see Dobby as more than just the guy that keeps trying to buy acid um, and dynamite everywhere we go. Kind of acid either, the meantime. Um, we literally had a conversation about how much acid would it take to burn someone's ass out? So, I mean, <laughs> um, but for Perry, it was just like this gut punch because the way I sort of played it was that because Perry saved for some ungodly reason, um, the idea that she was awake enough to really recognize what was going on because she's the only one that didn't have short-term madness 
it was like this core of like rage. This is the monster that has taken everything that's been taken from me. And then seeing Dobby and hearing him basically say that, you know, we were all trash and that we had treated him like trash. And she realized like, I kind of cast a lot of judgment on him without really taking the moment to understand who he was. Um, and like, she's been carrying around the, we didn't know him well enough to con, you know, to convince him and the gods to let him stay. And she's been carrying that guilt. Mm. So that was really hard for her. Imagine so. Speaking of this monster who's taken so much from you guys, also Mark. Holy you. shit. Uh, so what was it like seeing the face of Thara's dude? Oh my god. Interacting with him, kind of. Um, I would like to learn how to cast modified memory and <laughs> use it on myself and just delete that five minutes of my life. That was terrifying. I mean, and and like I I trust our DM, but like in the back of my head, I was like I was the only person to save. And then they start rolling for madness, and I'm like, all I can hear in the back of my head is just TPK, TPK. <laughs> it's finally gonna happen. And I'm like, it's it's about to happen. What the fuck? Um, so it was like absolutely terrifying. I was shaking, and I was like, I didn't know how to process it. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I'm assuming I probably saved by one. There's no way I beat that save by very much. And only by the skin of my teeth and mm-hmm. Quinn's divine aura. <laughs> so like, I mean, it was pee your pants scary. It was a really cool scene, I thought. Okay. Did you answer this one? I just forgot. I'm sorry. I was thinking about how cool it was. That's <laughs> flashing back to the episode. I was like, that was so cool. It was. It was a really cool reveal. Mm-hmm. It was. Um, f- uh, for me, um, I was not, you know, oh, it's going to be a TPK. It's going to be a TPK. Um, as soon as the description was over, and I was like, I rolled stunned for like 20 minutes. Oh, right. It was like 12 turns or something. I think it was 14 turns. Oh, no, there was 14 turns left <laughs> when, yeah. when I finally got fixed. <laughs> like, it was it was 20 it was, turns it was, or something. It was yeah, it was rough. Ridiculous. It was crazy. Yeah. It was terrifying, because I was um, like, I can't carry Perry. Perry can't carry Oriana out of here. What are we going to do? Like, Oriana's just like a statue. <laughs> so Yeah, so on the bright side, I had a lot of time on my hands when that combat <laughs> started. Think, yeah. <laughs> Uh, and, and, and I use that time wisely. Did you know the only spell in the game that can cure stunned is wish? Really? <laughs> yes. Uh, well, I think so okay. or power word heal. Sorry, or power word heal. Okay. Yeah. Um, so you need an eighth or a ninth level spell. A stun's powerful. Yeah, and literally talking to Serenity after because we were all talking about that moment. She would have allowed a greater restoration. Unfortunately, Perry no, took no a one. level of sorcerer. <laughs> I mean, I and I literally, that's what I was thinking the whole time. Mm-hmm. I was like, well, shit, I took a level of sorcerer. Yeah. Does Quinn have, have greater restoration? He no. doesn't have fifth. He just got thirds not that long ago. Paladins are they are puny when it comes to casting. Yeah. 
they're half casters, right? Mm -hmm. or, yeah. Yeah, yeah, because they get it level two. Yeah. Yeah, they're half casts. So yeah, uh, Oriana is the only one who currently has it. <laughs> Oriana is currently the only one capable of casting it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I guess technically I'd be able to cast it because I have fifth level slots. Mm -hmm. Nope, because you can't use fifth level druid spells. I'd have to roll an arcana check, I'm betting. You would probably I'm not proficient need in arcana. a scroll, though, because you Yeah, you that's what I'm I saying. I don't think you, yeah. I think you would need a scroll. You would yeah, that's what I'm saying, is I would, need a, I would need a scroll to okay, be able can, to do uh, Do you still have your magic staff thing? Could Orion put it in your staff? I'm not attuned to it. Uh, and, and, that, and that was only up to third level. Oh, yeah. too bad, too bad. Now, my attunement slots now have the bracers, the book, and... Oh, look, our DM's in chat, <laughs> giving us advice. <laughs> what yes. Thanks, Serenity. Yes, I would need a scroll. Um, <laughs> what is the third thing I'm... A, um, I have no idea what the third thing I'm attuned to is, but I'm attuned to it. There's your, your book... Don't you have another staff now? I do not. I had the staff. The you have book. The, you have the br the bracers or whatever they are. Yeah, I have the bracers. Oh, I have the robe of sands. Oh yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. I took. I yeah. Perry took. Uh, and again, the DM is in chat. I have the robe, the <laughs> the bracers, and the book. Uh, <laughs> I promise, when I'm in game, it's on my character sheet, and I do remember what I have. Um. But yeah, I'm not attuned to the staff and I can only hold third level spells anyway. Bad. Um, cool beans. Um, so I was, I'm wondering, so like after seeing Thara's Dune in person and after seeing like what happened to Dobby and watching like the third shackle break, second shackle? Second, second shackle. shackle. Second shackle break and all of that shit. Um, has this like changed anything for your characters? Like changed your outlook? Like given you, I don't know something. Um, Orion is definitely feeling the sense of urgency now. Um, she was always kind of feeling it, and then the whole group was kind of like, "Relax, we've got time." So Oriana kind of started chilling out a little bit. Um, which was more more from like her innocence of the fact that she's not world traveled, doesn't know right. how long it takes to get places. Oh, wow. um, yeah, but now that a second shackle is broken and if three break, oh, we are into shit. Uh, Orion is definitely thinking, hmm, hmm, how many detours can we take at this point? Right. Not many. Yeah, I, I feel like early, really early on, um, and Lex really brought this up during that social encounter, Perry was the one with the most at stake here. Like she was the mm -hmm. one with the personal connection. And with like small exceptions, Perry has always been the, no, we have to face this and we have to face this head on. And then when she got to the point where she was literally told, no, your people aren't sick. Thurston is eating them. Perry was like, oh, shit. Um, so I was right that this was something that was like 
a lot more pressing. And so for her, like we had that conversation where everybody was like, well, we'll, we'll just not go to the shackles and we'll do the little stuff. And the whole time Perry's like, no, if I don't face this mm-hmm. head on, more of my people are going to die. And it's going to keep going. And so like, it was very hard for her if she weren't in a traumatic state to not be like, I told you so. Now you see, I told you so. Like, this is the very reason I said, no, we have to face this. So for Perry, it has just cemented the idea of, no, we have to stop this at its source. Because if Mm -hmm. we do not, we're in it for a world of hurt. You know what's funny? It almost makes Perry seem like genre savvy. She's like, no, this is the main plot line, guys. (laughs) The fucking main plot line. (laughs) And I literally, I thought, you know, when I, when I wrote my backstory, I was just thinking, what if it is a, a, like a magic resistant plague? Mm-hmm. Like, what if it's just some kind of disease? Um, so, and I left that completely wide open for Serenity to do whatever the hell she wanted to it. And we now see what she did. <laughs> yeah. But it, it's, it it's really funny because I didn't expect for Perry's issue to be like that connected I was like, no, she's just going to like go around and basically got to catch them all, all of the different ocean in and, and bring a cure back home. And she's the cure and she has to stop there as doom now. And I yeah. thought Damien was just a guy who found out the truth on the streets. Ha ha. Ooh, maybe he's connected to Thara's Dune too. Please no. Please no. Hey, Saray. Don't give her ideas. Hey, Saray. Oh. Oh, gosh. Lordy. Um, yeah. 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 So. So with, with Ariana, I'm, I'm curious now, because you said Ariana now has a little bit more of a sense of urgency, but you do owe uh, Cade some community service. Yeah, I mean, that's, the, we have to deal with that. Um, I think what's rather- I mean, rather the world f- is, you don't have to worry about it anymore. <laughs> True, but, <laughs> you know, we don't want the world to end. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I mean, our goal is to stop it. Um, what, what's pretty fortuitous is that Quinn also kind of needs to go in that area. Mm-hmm. So we don't, we have a reason to go there. It's not just Oriana's trying to make sure she can come back home. We also have to go in that direction to maybe get some herbs that Quinn's going to need later for right. to save his family or at least release his family. So we're not like taking a random detour out of the way of out of our way we're doing something that's pretty important for two characters you're multitasking yeah it's not like we're going all the way back to zuma or something you know what i mean like it's Mm -hmm. we're taking a small detour off the beaten path and then hopefully going straight to where we need to go hopefully um cool beans so it's skipping ahead a bit um yeah, kind of like, so you were all discussing this with each other um, in game and with Lex and Fulton and the other NPCs, but kind of what do you think is next for the forces of good now that you only have one shackle left? Like, it's gone a bit urgent. Yeah. I mean, I think part of the reason that like Perry is for going north is the other thing that this does is puts us in good standing with some with with a government with power Mm -hmm. who can be an ally if we fail. 
and that Perry is Rick as well. Yeah. Well, because Perry, the way Perry sees it, we were too late twice. What if we're too late again? And right now she's thinking of who do we know? Cause we know that, you know, Lex is like, well, yeah, I'll just like send out a message and like start gathering allies, but we need to contribute too. And the idea of, well, we did this thing and now we're in good standing back in River Inn. Hopefully that means that like Oriana will be able to say, hey, Kate, we have a situation. You remember how I made that offhand comment trying to throw my weight around? It's very real. Um, Surprise. Don't, don't, don't make that face, Jake. Oriana definitely. So much throwing weight around. Oh, you. Oriana <laughs> definitely goes, River Wren is in danger and you need me out of jail. We all know what kind of smug prissy shit she was getting into. We were all watching that stream. It wasn't um, a bad play. If it, it wasn't. If it had worked, I just was like, this is not going to work. Um, <laughs> I had to we met Alexander. It was not going to work. Uh, <laughs> but like for Perry, the, that's part of it is like she thinks, well, okay, well, we need to be able to call in our allies. So we need to be making good with our allies. Mm-hmm. Like Perry can be like, okay, well, I guess I got to call the Jorah. Be like, uh, uh, send help. Because um, okay. <laughs> that's the other thing that she's thinking about is now we have to go to Belladon. And this is the closest she will have been to home since she left. And like she's acutely aware that if the shackle falls in Belladon, her people are completely unprotected. Mm-hmm. Um, so for her, like that's a, she doesn't want to go home per se because she doesn't want to go back empty handed. But at the same time, like part of her is like, I really wish that I had message because then I would send a message to worry and be like, hey, uh, mm-hmm. trouble is coming. Rally the forces. Trouble's really coming, guys. I mean, she's not entirely empty-handed. Like, you, Perry knows what the cure for her people are, which yeah. is killing a god. So, you know, that's easy. Yeah, let's just slap or let's just slap Thorazdun in the face. It'll be fine. Um, yeah. The cure is that put that thing back rude. where it came from. Um, so or so help me. <laughs> um, and a ritual. Um, but, like, the, the fact that we're like getting into good standing with places, mm-hmm. like we are part of an organization in Cage Barrow. We are getting good standing in Zuma. We, you know, if we make nice with Cade and do good for them, then those are people that we can, when we send a message back, they'll believe us. Mm-hmm. And that's my big, you know, Perry's big concern is like, I don't want to be like, hey, y'all, Guard of Darkness is coming and people are like, ha ha, crazy bitch. Um, <laughs> and just walk on by. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, I honestly don't know how this is going to go down. I, I have a, f- a few suspicions and ideas, but definitely at this point, we need to start thinking about the end game because there are three shackles left and only one of them needs to fall and only one of them, like some of the most badass badasses in the world can get to in mm-hmm. theoretically a few moments. Um, I mean, Lex told us that the one in uh, Iskrav is fairly well protected, but we mm-hmm. also thought the one in Riverrun was kind of well protected because it was right near the capital of a powerful empire. Um, 
I mean, I will say Perry did not think that because she didn't no, know enough. She didn't really know. guarding it, were they? Like they don't. They, even, they, were really they don't know it's it. there. Yeah, but so I mean, we've, not we've, protected. We've seen we've seen how paranoid Riveren is, and it's That's only true. a couple. It's a, it's like a it's a short hike to it mm-hmm. from Riveren. Mm-hmm. So, I I think the idea is less that oh, there's so many guards in front of it blocking the entrance, and more of a no one would be stupid enough to go sneaking around the capital of a trill. I guess you don't have to sneak in when you're the fucking Herald. Um, yeah, you just like, pop in that bitch. But that also means like, you know, even if Riverends was considered to be protected, hmm. Veladons is also supposed to be protected, but same well, way? I mean, the thing about Veladon that's scary is it is the least protected, according to Lex, because it is a place where there's no arcane. It has the mm. best locks because it is unguarded. Hmm. And like Perry now knowing that the weakness of the ocean is the lack of arcane. And then like, oh, and you have a shackle out there in Veladon with no arcane shit. Um. That's DM is, terrifying. DM is saying it has the heaviest magical defense because of the anti-arcane, I'm guessing. Yeah. But not yeah, the best I mean, physical no. defenses. So well, I, we know, I, we I know guess the Herald is pretty magical and everyone else we talk to is pretty magical, I think. Yeah. yeah. So I, I guess maybe Riverends because Riverends was sealed was probably one of the most physically, either that or Iscrav, I'm guessing. I mean, we know the most secure one is at Avonhurst, or at least that's Perry's assumption. Well, that's what we've been told by yeah. uh, Luxarcarna as well, that because it's in Avonhurst, and uh, well, I think I think partly because it's in Avonhurst where like the capital of religious powers mm-hmm. are, and mm-hmm. then you also have the fact that the shrine at the top is actually. Uh, you know, like the base of operations of the people who apparently stopped his not Harold last time, I guess. His non-avatar. That's what his, I'm going with now. His, his Kumar, I guess. I don't know. Oh my it's God. a fake avatar. Um. Wonderful. Okay. Um, so moving on from all that, and actually relatedly to um, the whole issue of like Bell and Don's magic versus non-magic perry had a little conversation with Coraline um in a dream regarding mm-hmm. kind of how she wants him to floor because there, she had had that um like a choice of like how she wanted to grow as a magic caster so mm-hmm. you talk about that um so uh exciting i have a whole custom um sorceress origin designed by the dm and it is amazing um I really get to like play with nature and it's, you know, I'm literally a natural sorcerer, mm-hmm. um, which is super fun. And like, I, it, it came at a really good point because having us face Thurs Dune and then having Perry have to make the choice. Do you continue to be a druid or do you continue to grow in the way that you think will make you strongest? Even if it is scarier, even if it is not what you are used to it gave her this moment of decision like she had to make a choice to forge a new path 
um, which was really exciting. And of course, since we had a break, I got like two weeks to consider like, what do I want to do here? Um, and like, I had two really, really good choices and it was a really hard decision, but I decided to go with natural because it felt mm-hmm. the most like Perry. The, the idea of you have a connection to nature. You're just not as attuned to druidic powers. You, you know, Mm-hmm. as druids are and that felt very parry to me yeah she's sort of differently attuned yeah her yeah. attunement to nature is very different neat well I'm excited to see what kind of like cool stuff you get with your custom sorcerer origin story thingy <laughs> what's it called it's origins right yeah, yeah. it's origin it is origins okay yeah the I first like... thing I got was find familiar um and also a neat trick I can't wait to use in combat but see that when it gets here a friend so i have the little fox now so oh i was gonna add and since you're a natural source you could always take that last level in druid no (laughs) darn (laughs) darn anyway speaking of animal friends um oriana's granddad got her a puppy that was very cute it's very cute yeah but why were you going to ask for an animal specific or a creature? Um, so there, there's actually quite a long story to this. And I guess this is as good a place to tell it as any. Yes. Um, I had been looking through, because I got my magical secrets this level up. Uh, I had been looking through basically every spellcaster spell list, looking for spells that uh, would make sense to get for it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have a, I had a couple ideas. So... People have probably guessed now that that's find uh, or yeah, find greater steed or whatever it is, mm-hmm. um, and that's what it's going to be. And part of that was um, for character purposes, allowing mm-hmm. Oriana to sort of grow closer to Asmodeus by being able to summon a spirit, theoretically of his plane of his dimension, to fight by her side. Something mm-hmm. for her to feel closer to him in some way um yes and i had been planning on a pegasus because that's actually one of the options you can get Mm -hmm. but um the day before uh our stream game actually uh we ended up putting down uh the family dog a golden she you know i'd lived a long happy life 13 years, which is longer than most Coldens live. Um, and it was, it, it was a pretty rough, pretty rough week. Um, and I had been struggling to figure out a name for this Pegasus for the longest time. And so I went to Serenity. Uh, I think it was, I think it was actually the day of the stream. Mm-hmm. And I said, I would like to name, uh, the creature cinder after my dog cindy uh and that's that's all i told her i still thought i was getting a pegasus and dm uh <laughs> uh yeah she's, she's in chat she's saying now you know she was such she was like you do you um and little did i know she was <laughs> weaving together this plan to custom make this flying hellhound golden retriever 
modeled completely after my dog. And I, I, I actually, I think I actually warned her that I was going, that I might end up crying because of the name, just because of the name. And she did mm-hmm. that. And it was everything Aww. in my power not to start breaking down. Yeah, I don't think you cried on the street. Discussion. I'm impressed. No, I was close. I was, I was very impressed. Close. I was very close. I could feel the tears trying <laughs> to push their ways out. But I knew if I started, I would just be done for the stream. Oh, that's sweet. That's a really, it's a really sweet little tribute for your dog. And I guess this is as good a place as any to announce it. I ac- I actually commissioned art for Cinder. <gasps> We're gonna get to Yay! see Cindy. And I will I will provide that to who who whoever needs that I guess for when to put in the art crawl because it's mm-hmm. it's our artist. It's the person doing all of our art. Leela. Yeah. Oh, I'm excited for that. I. Yeah, because like I'm, the I'm description super excited of see. this like, I've, or, golden I've, retriever. I've already it's gotten amazing. the sketch. I'm not going to share it yet, though. Okay, cool. We'll, we'll keep an eye out on our Twitter for um, the world premiere of Cindy. Cool <laughs> 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 oh, beans. Um, Lord. Okay, I okay. I have a couple of things I want to ask before we move on. Um, so we're going to do this quick fire because I have a cool topic for today. So, Laura. Yes. Is the thing with Fulton and Peregrine still a thing? Or are you just really busy right now? <laughs> it's, I, it's yeah, I was I was literally just having this conversation earlier. Mm-hmm. Um it's difficult because like the thing is, like Perry hasn't been thinking about this like at all. Um, because the world's on fire. Mm-hmm. And also because like she literally sees herself as constantly putting out little fires. Um, like but I was having this, this conversation with Chad, I was saying like, it's like every time she turns around, something is on fire, either the world's on fire or Oriana's hair is on fire or Campion just started a fire over there. And she's just like running around, like, like a little fire brigade with her little bell going ding, 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 ding with the bucket and just like putting out small fires. And like, when I designed her, she was this awkward turtle. I didn't have any intention of her like becoming even remotely close friend. to the leader or the mom friend here. And she's become a little bit of both. Um, so like she really hasn't given it a lot of thought. So, um, and it's awkward because I'm an awkward person. Uh, <laughs> I'm really awkward and really bad at people. Um, so Yes, no, maybe. That's that's maybe. the short we'll answer. See. We'll, we'll see. see. We'll keep an eye on that. I think I think Peregrine deserves to have a cute boyfriend. He's a nerd. He's cute. <laughs> <laughs> Ship it. Um anyway, okay, one more thing. So Oriana got her violin upgraded and it was super cool. I feel like Oriana's had a really good episode for like getting cool shit. <laughs> mm-hmm. Uh yeah. Uh Jay actually messaged me um, right after the session uh, where we got the level up mm-hmm. uh, at right at the end, uh, asking if I preferred to have the ring or a plus one instrument. And I'm like, or a, a plus one focus or something. Yeah. And I was like, that's kind of odd. I mean, I guess, I guess the plus one focus. Uh, <laughs> Because because the I mean the ring is really only like a hey I get a free sending essentially so sure and he's like okay you know I'm like nothing else and I'm like 
that is that one of his I, and i was like trying to remember for, for like a while during that conversation is that one of his like things that he can do mm-hmm. i guess uh and then yeah when he was like yeah i'm gonna upgrade your violin i thought he was just gonna give me a wand or something and i'm like that'd be interesting to see oriana with a wand and he's like oriana with a conductor's no, wand I, no I, I need i need your wand I, all right i need your violin and i'm like oh uh, sure i thought he was gonna sure. like look at it or something and then no he's like straight up made it a a Yes, but it was oh a bribe. Gosh. Let's DM, not forget it's a can bribe. That be? Can that be? Yeah. Well, he told me plus one DM, so that's what he told me. Mm-hmm. But I so getting it as a plus two is actually pretty cool. Um, but yeah, uh, DM, we 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 need to talk about the potentially being an electric violin now. Because <laughs> like electric instruments are canon, because there was that electric guitar. True, true. But then I would need an amp, so Jay's going to have to build an amp. It's magic. It's magic, okay? It's magic. You have a magic amp. Um, anyway. Oh, wait, wait, sorry. I need to, I need to give it. It's not magic. It's science. <laughs> it's important. Um, Let's not forget that it was actually a bribe to steal your diary. <laughs> and it, yes, it was a bribe to steal my diary. It's not, it's not a diary. It's a tome of bardic wisdom. It's a diary. I think both. <laughs> anyway, okay. Um, with that, we are going to move on to our topic for today. And our topic for today is high versus low levels, because you can experience both in D and D. Um, as you know, we, we you guys just leveled up. In fact, that's probably why I thought of it. Um, anyway, <laughs> so in your opinion, first question. What level do most um, classes become like truly fun to play? When do you hit the peak? <laughs> hmm. Hmm. I mean, I feel like level three for a lot of things, mm-hmm. like level two to level three is when like you get to do stuff, like with some small exceptions, you get, you know, you get your circle or your fighter archetype or your ranger subclass or, mm-hmm. or that sort of thing. Um, and you then you get flavor. to s- start to do cool shit because like when you're level one or level two, you've got like three things in your arsenal, maybe. And mm-hmm. most of them are just like, eh, I did yep. the little, you know, I stabbed it for a D4. Um, <laughs> so I feel like a lot of things don't really start to get exciting until like level three. That that's definitely when D and D starts being super fun, uh, mm-hmm. in my opinion. Because uh, you're right, Laura. I think it's like sorcerers, wizards, and I think one other class that get their archetype at level below level three. Yeah. Sorcerers at level one, wizards at two, and then I think druids yeah. at druids at two. Uh, no, sorcerers no, are at two. one. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I said sorcerers at one, wizards at two, druids um, at two, because you get your circle at level at two. two. Mm-hmm. You get your circle at level two. Mm-hmm. Oh, right. You get no because we technically yeah. started the stream at level two because we did session one to get to our level right, one. right, yeah. our our start. Yeah. So it's it's like those three classes are are essentially you get your fun stuff before level three so level three is definitely when it starts getting fun uh i would say the upper limit on that is usually around 14 15 
because post 15 you're starting to look at like all of the stuff you have Mm -hmm. and that's around the time where combats have to be they don't have to be a slog fest but but they do become a little bit more of a slog fest if you want them to be challenging they have Mm -hmm. to be a slog fest because at that point you're either dealing so much damage or you have so many different options to go with that you have to have all this stuff thrown at you at once Mm -hmm. you know i've i've played in i think there was one one shot i did where we were super high level i don't think we were i I think we were actually like 15 16 Mm -hmm. and one round of combat was like 30 minutes in game in real time just 30 minutes for one round and it was just the most sloggiest slog fest ever. And then you look at like things like it, um, uh, the Critical Role Campaign 1 finale. The Vecna fight. Spoilers. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Spoilers for something it's, that's it's been, been a while. For, yeah. well, four years now. Um, that like, I think in total was like five or six rounds for like a four hour episode. Like it was not... There, there was not that many rounds of combat, if I remember correctly. And you're still looking at, like, a four-hour-plus episode. Yeah, I guess when you have a bunch of abilities that, like, stack and, like, synergize. Yeah. It can get... It, it, it can get crunchy. Yeah, I mean, I, I think part of the the issue is like you you get a little bit of analysis analysis like when you get to that high level and it's like, what do I do? Do I use this thing that does this much or do I use this thing? And like, how cool do I want to make this look? But at the same time, like I think it also it boils down to like how smart your bad guys have to be. Mm-hmm. Um, and that can make things drag. Like if you if your BBEG is is a fucking caster. And they do things like cast time stop and then they get to do all this shit and then you can't do anything to them because they've done all this shit. It takes forever for you to like break through like their first, you know, level of armor before you're actually doing any damage. Um, And that can make it drag out Mm -hmm. because either you're going to die quickly or you're just going to be like throwing pebbles until like time runs out on some spells or you're just fighting to break concentration on this one thing um and then also table size like if you've got a big group of high level yeah. characters it's going to take you six hours um you um yeah i feel like at high levels like combat it, it sort of depends on how much you enjoy like the mechanics of dnd and i, I kind of do enjoy the mechanics of dnd but comics i feel like at high levels become increasingly like a complicated card game <laughs> in a way it's like it's the dm like says magic. get ready everyone so ready. uh bbg <laughs> might be a fucking caster uh <laughs> i mean obviously what? no nah. uh no never i mean uh, we, we, we all we all know cinderix the bbg like let's be honest <laughs> it might be dobby oh my god I mean, you just watch us all cry on stream while we oh. kill Dobby. Um, watch it live. Yeah. Um, um, I, I guess I should I ref, I should rephrase. It's not that D and D isn't fun at the higher levels, but like with what Laura said, you get so many options, especially with casters, mm-hmm. that combat just takes longer and longer and longer and longer and longer. Outside of combat. High levels are like the best because you can just be like, hmm, 
I feel like vacationing at an island today. Teleport. Oops. I feel like <laughs> not paying for it. <laughs> Dominate person. Yeah. Uh, to be a high level villain. Anyway. Um, yeah. Also, I feel like at high level, at high levels combat, like if you don't want to take it forever, you almost have to make it like a little bit cinematic. You have to start like massaging the mechanics a little bit to yeah. streamline yeah, it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. I'm excited for your characters to get high level, though, like really high level, because you're getting up there. Yeah, we're already yeah, halfway yeah. to 20, and it's that's high level for like a lot of campaigns. A lot of campaigns mm-hmm. end at like 15. Um, and like I'm really excited to see the kind of heroes our characters become as you get as they get higher levels. Yeah, were you guys now 11, 10? 10. We're 10. 10. Like that's. 10 times as strong as a normal person in D&D world. So you guys have a pretty, pretty big deal right now. <laughs> this is higher level than most adventures, probably. Mm-hmm. I mean, we're, we're at the point where the Shields of Twilight are probably not like as big of a name, obviously, as Lux Eterna, but we're like on the way to that. I mean, when you think about it, we've been... Uh, through some of the free kingdoms mm-hmm. introducing ourselves as such doing things along the way to help people yeah we then went to saratan and pretty much traveled all over to all the major area well not all the major areas but i mean the capital cage barrow i think there was the one coastal city we didn't go to like i mean and we did a lot of stuff there through like half of Izel, including Zuma, where we did a lot of stuff there. Mm-hmm. Like we're fairly well known at this point. It's not like we'll go to Veladon and people will whisper like, "Oh, is that the Shield of Twilight?" I heard so much about. But we we're hope not, not far because Cedric is technically not allowed in town. <laughs> <laughs> True. Technically. True. Technically. I mean, I wasn't allowed in my hometown either, and that I turned mean, out fine. I think, I think they wanted you to come back, actually. Oh, they wanted you back in town <laughs> so they could arrest you. Yeah. Like, they were just waiting. There were wanted posters for when you came back into town. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, fun times. Um, so do you guys, like, because we talked about how most things get the really cool stuff at level three. Do you mind coming into games at level one and working your way up, or do you kind of prefer to jump in at level two or level three? If I were to jump into a game at level one, I would expect the first session is a level up. Not mm-hmm. because not because it, it has to be or it should be, but just because level one for multiple sessions, like that gets that gets tedious hate to break it to you about wednesday's game then jake (laughs) all right ice wind is a milestone module and you definitely will not achieve that first milestone in the first session let me let me rephrase (laughs) that as long as you don't plan on keeping us at level one for five sessions i mean it's gonna you know what talk to your party um (laughs) y'all better get some shit done um i kid but um seriously am i we'll see because uh, our session one is uh tomorrow so um i think I've, i mean i've done it both ways and i mean i don't mind starting a level one it's maybe a little tedious because like a level one druid couldn't do shit and i i 
I tangled myself and Fulton in our session zero because I didn't pay attention to my own stuff, um, which was very on brand for Perry in the end. You were still getting used to the druidic magics. And uh, it had been established in my backstory that apparently I wasn't good at it anyway. Um, but I mean, like, for me, I don't think I, I really care that much. Mm. Because like those early sessions are usually more like getting to know each other and you don't need to be level three to make friends with your party. And it's all establishing shots. Yes. So what's the highest level either of you have gotten to in a game? Uh, that wasn't a one shot? Yeah, that wasn't a one shot. I'm trying to remember. I had a in-person game on Thursdays for a while, and we got to level twelve, I think. Level twelve or thirteen. Either twelve or thirteen. I could cast six level spells if I remember correctly. Yeah, the highest I've gotten is level fourteen, which is currently what I'm doing now with a ranger and a warlock. Um, and we're, we're at the, I have, um, the, the, the neat once a day tricks with my warlock, which is fun. Mm -hmm. I yes. cast plane shift once a day. <laughs> so you can go, but you can't come back. The, the same with teleportation circle. Uh, <laughs> one way. It's a one way trip. Um, oh wait now, um. No, we just got 15, actually. Oh. The, DM, the DM corrects me and calls me a liar because uh, we just hit 15 because it is the game that Chad DMs with Serenity and I. So how dare I take away that extra layer level so from, from Riordan and uh, her other character. <laughs> yeah. So is that is this like the first time you've gone to like a really higher level? Yeah. What's it like compared I, to like playing lower levels? <laughs> I mean, the, the thing is, like, Tara has become, like, a combat fucking god. Mm -hmm. Like, she can do, like, the other thing is, though, that, like, she's got, you know, artifacts and stuff that make her more powerful. Mm -hmm. But, like, it's, it's really cool to be able to decide, well, no, I'm going to do something crazy. And that crazy thing is, I'm going to throw my sword and, and hope it hits so that I can do like a neat trick where I land and drive another blade in the ground and like stun a stun a high level caster. You're um, like up to doing like animation. Yeah, like what that, and I think that's the most fun thing about being mm -hmm. at a high level in combat is you get to do the anime bullshit. Like it's the shit that does not make logical sense, but my abilities say I can do it, and I will narratively explain it. Tara's uh, uh, a warlock. No, Tara's is a ranger. Uh, we have Serenity and I are both running two characters at once at this point because oh. we have to finish the campaign out. Um, and Jake bowed out because just so much going on. Mm -hmm. um, so, like, I am running a warlock, Pact of the Fae, Pact of the Chain. She has the bitchiest Fae dragon familiar. Chad has, awesome. Chad has made her a bitchy cat. Um, she is she's a she's a delight um so i have i have the fey warlock and then tara is still a 
absolute nightmare on the battlefield. <laughs> awesome. Um, so Jake, you've played higher levels in like one shots, right? Like what's the highest you've ever done with that? I think I did a, either like 15 or 16 uh, level one shot ones. What do you think the difference is in those high levels? <laughs> um, it's definitely when you start getting the really, you know, the, just the cool shit. Like the, <laughs> the warlocks get there once a day, level, you know, seven, eight, whatever spells. Um, druids start getting to the point where, you know, they can cast miracles, basically. Mm -hmm. um, wizards are at the point where, they're you know, they're, they're, mm -hmm. basically, they're basically gods. And against mass combat, they can just go, oh, small battlefield. Like, oh, mass combat? No, it isn't. Meteor no. swarm. You know, it, let it, me all, opt out. All, all, <laughs> the, all those memes of like the wizards who do a thousand damage in a turn because they cast like a massive fireball mm -hmm. onto like a hundred people. Um, you know, it, it, it's it's the point where like the real power fantasy starts playing into <laughs> things, for lack of a better term. Uh -huh. Um. So it's definitely good for that. The, the only downside to that is the, oh, I have so many options. Do I eat the chocolate cake or the cookies or the ice cream? You know what I mean? It's, it's you yeah, can have too much of a just need to You just need to start throwing darts at the table, you know? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the, thing people um, say. the one thing I, I will say is when you get there naturally through level progression, you have the benefit of everyone has their role to play within the party. Mm -hmm. So it's a lot easier to sort of figure out what you would need to do. Mm -hmm. Whereas if you're doing a one shot, you have no idea how everyone else at the table is going to play their character. Even if you know what they have, the wizard could take all support spells. The druid could take all evocation spells. Yeah. Uh, the, the bard could have no support spells. You know what I mean? Like it, it's Offense you power. never know. You never know. <laughs> you never know what other people are going to do, and as a result, you kind of have to think ten steps ahead of yourself. Mm -hmm. Which again furthers that sort of analysis paralysis mm -hmm. of, uh, well, wait a minute. If I do this now, what are they going to do? Okay, and then all that stuff. So yeah, could you play a purely DPS bard? Probably, um, right. I mean, I theor theoretically, they don't get a yeah. lot of damaging spells, especially in like level two to level three. But you can um, be like a, um, what is it, a school of swords or something? So you can just. Yeah, College of Swords bards. College of Swords, yeah. yeah. College of Swords, yeah. College of Swords. Or, or College good. of Valor if you want to be like a frontline, uh, like half tank, I guess. Yeah. Because you get like medium armor and proficiency with martial weapons. And yeah. My next bard character. I can't. I actually played a fight bard last time I played a bard. <laughs> Just a, st a stabby bard, you know, for fun. Um, so as DMs, is there like a certain level past which characters, it starts getting really hard to run for them? Um, I guess it depends on how much experience you have of DMing at higher levels. Mm -hmm. You want to make combat the focus or lack 
thereof of focus for your campaign. Um, for the old Wednesday game before we put it on uh, hiatus, we were getting pretty high up in levels. I think we were 11 or 12. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think we were 12 um, at that point. And at that point, like I hadn't really had a lot of experience with post 10 uh, level players in combat. So a lot of our combats would just kind of fall really short or mm-hmm. would feel overly tuned. Like I had this uh, baby crack in an encounter once that was... <laughs> uh, no, no. <laughs> it was, was nothing cute <laughs> about that thing. And I, I was looking at it to try and make it like something that would like take up some spells and all mm-hmm. that. So I gave it this really unique ability and it kind of broke the combat. What's the ability? Mm-hmm. What's the ability? I, I gave it a charisma save. Like, um, I, it wasn't a possession. It, it was. was a, just... It was basically a siren song. Yeah. Ooh, which was yeah, which was neat, except that it did in fact break us. Just but it yeah, did just it, break the combat a little so, bit in a way so that the, was, it was yeah. It was, it was water, says it destroyed us and yeah. it did. It it fucking wrecked us. It it was it was water-based combat, which mm-hmm. no one in the party was really equipped for, and I hadn't taken into account. And it charmed the barbarian mm-hmm. and the wizard. And the wizard. The wizard. So the so oh, no. the yeah, the main caster and the main tank. So they were pretty much out of the fight for like two rounds, which at that level of combat is enough that the fight gets over. Yeah. yeah. And, and it charmed them to go into the water because it's, it's, it's a way to lure people in so that it can... Uh-huh. Yeah, and it had yeah. electric attacks, so... Oh, in the water? In the water. The ele- no, wait, yeah, that was, that was the base ability of the Kraken, I think. Mm-hmm. That does sound rough. And- it was, I mean, it, and I mean, to, to your credit, like we're all, you know, we were also a party that was very experienced and like mm-hmm. good at working together. Um, and that is the other thing that is difficult with high level characters. If you've got a party that knows their shit and knows mm-hmm. how to work together, it's really difficult to both challenge them, but also not overdo it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you know, it's like you have to come up with these wild mechanics, but they can't be too good. Yeah. Oh, cool. What about DMing like really low levels, like level one? Are there any challenges that come with that? Because they're be so squishy. I think, um, and Laura, you can jump in if you want. Sorry, I didn't. Mm, go ahead. Uh-huh. Um, I think that's actually a lot easier for people to DM mm-hmm. because the CR, the challenge rating system, is very much friendly to low-level characters. That's true. Once you start getting higher level, what really breaks breaks the game are items. Because items aren't mm-hmm. included in challenge ratings at all. So if you have, you know, level one characters with fully leveled up artifacts, you're not really going to challenge them with the normal challenge ratings. But level one characters very... One. Oh. Yeah. Very, level one characters very rarely have a plus three weapon. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think that the, I think that like if my my issue and the thing that I'm very concerned about is for um because I we were starting our 
campaign tomorrow and everybody is level one because we're running, you know, we're going to start with Icewind and move forward. Mm-hmm. It depends on your module because like spoilers, Perkins modules are very rough, even on first level characters. Mm-hmm. So like throwing first level characters into the fucking death house, for example, in Strahd, it'll waste your characters just so like i'm already looking at like how am i going to customize this so that i don't kill my squishies before they can even get to level two um because you're looking at characters who have like 10 hit points or less yeah yeah Um, easy (laughs) yeah you could easily just a, a, a cold wind is going to blow them over and they're going to be gone. <laughs> and um, and that could wind. literally happen in ice wind. Yeah. Um, I could things. literally kill them in one shot with an avalanche. Um, <laughs> I promise you, I will not do that in the first session. Um, <laughs> yeah. Tick, po- Tick pointed out in Lost Mines, level one, you fight a bugbear and two wolves. Yeah, like it's it's very, very easy. Like I, I literally almost killed my brother's character in the first game I ever DM'd because I smacked him and Finally. rolled max damage. And I was like, oh, oh shit. Well, I mean, you mentioned that. Yeah. Yeah. Let's let's just say this was non-lethal and literally just to get your attention. Uh, because otherwise, well, roll up a new pal a character because I just killed your dragonborn right now. Um and we haven't even gotten five minutes into the session. Yeah, let's just pause the game for 20 minutes while you come. <laughs> yeah, just yeah. roll some more dice. It's fine. Don't worry about it. Uh, um, but like, that's the thing is like, first level characters are really easy to kill. Um, and you need to be mindful. They're easy to scale. You can also easily scale a combat for them, though. Jake is right. The CR mm-hmm. system is incredibly friendly for first level characters if you know how to scale it. Mm-hmm. Like know when one too many is one too many and also know when to motivate your monsters to not go for the kill mm-hmm. like don't design a combat where they are absolutely wolves that want to eat your party if you know that your characters are so squishy they're not going to survive give them something to fight that will leave them alive on mm-hmm. purpose um that way you don't kill your squishies uh- <laughs> These squishies can grow and thrive. <laughs> Can't look squishy. Um, okay, and that is our time uh, for today. Some sage advice from our wonderful guests. Thank you guys so much for coming on today. Um, and we will not be here next week because I am taking a week off for early Thanksgiving. So no, nothing on Tuesday, but do tune in on Friday for the next episode of Roll for Damage. And then nothing until the next Friday. Um, yeah, anyway, so thank you guys for tuning in once again. Uh, make sure to check out our um, Twitch. We have the backlog of all of our episodes, some gaming from Serenity, um, cool stuff. Check out our YouTube. We have um, every episode of both our shows that we've ever done up there. So feel free to binge at work, you know, in the car all cool um speaking of in the car for cars and long journeys and anything else where you need to use your eyes our podcast is great um it's just this but without the the visuals so check that out wherever podcasts are sold um check out our store we've got mugs and t-shirts and cool shit um check out our patreon we've got exclusive behind the scenes stuff which you can't see anywhere else it's really cool um 
check out our Twitter. We uh, tweet pretty regularly. We think we're still doing our art crawl um, pretty soon. Sander's going to be up, so you'll get to see him or her. I don't think we got a gender on that dog, whatever. Um, <laughs> them. They're cool. We love them. They're going to be our most popular character. I, I, may, I may or may not be borrowing the ring of animal friendship. <laughs> Do you guys still have that? It's not an attunement slot, so Perry keeps it. Oh, okay. Cool beans. I had forgotten completely about that. Anyway, uh, do we have any other things I need to shout out? I think that's it. Oh, Discord. I always forget Discord. Please come to Discord, hang out with us. We post um, D&D memes all the time and we are hilarious and funny. You want to be friends with us. <laughs> so bundle messaging. Anyway, thank you. And I hope you have a great night. Bye. Bye, guys. Bye, everybody.